hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard on Chorus Radio each week. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. On our show this week, in a few moments, we'll get a first-hand take on what it's like to travel to Europe right now with all the COVID protocols in place. Sustainable travel writer, photographer, and travel marketer Johnny Bierman recently traveled to Europe and shared his experience on his Facebook page, Eco Escape Travel. So we'll chat with him about his experience. And then we'll visit the Heather Mountain Lodge and Cabins located in Glacier National Park in BC. An adventurous luxury stay right in the heart of the Rockies. And later in the show, we'll hit to Puerto Rico where businesses and activities are open at full capacity. But to start things out, we're going to talk about what it's like to travel to Europe right now with all the COVID protocols in place. Now, sustainable travel writer, photographer, and travel marketeer Johnny Bierman recently traveled to Europe and shared his experience on his Facebook page, Eco Escape Travel. And Johnny joins us now to share what he learned. His website, by the way, is ecoescapetravel.com. Hi, Johnny. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Tell me a little bit about Eco Escape Travel. Uh, yeah, so Eco Escape Travel is uh, has two entities. I do values-based destination marketing through it, um, and that means doing uh, tourism and de- tourism marketing uh, and uh, media buys and uh, various sorts of digital marketing, um, as well as I do sustainable travel content development, so photography and writing that uh, seeks to you show how travel can be used as a force for good. Cool. Um, You posted an interesting piece on your Facebook page about traveling to Europe recently. Uh, Give me a brief brief overview of just where you went before we get into some of the tips and things you ran into when you traveled. Yeah, for sure. My partner and I went um, to to see his family in the UK. Uh, And then after that, we went on um, uh, more of a kind of a a jolly around uh, France and Italy. Um, so this as a, this was a personal trip that we went uh, into the UK first for about a week and a half, and then we went into France and Italy. So tell me about some of the snags you hit and, and just what it was like uh, to travel during COVID, all the, all the things you ran into. Yeah, we knew that we were going to have to quarantine in the UK, even though we're fully vaccinated. But we were going to uh, my partner's family's property um, out in Yorkshire and there's a lot of there's a big garden and big house and stuff so it didn't really matter that much for us because we were there to visit family for a long overdue visit anyways mm-hmm. um, and then uh, getting into France and Italy like we wanted to kind of go and travel a little bit as well after um, and his dad has a has a vacation home in Italy so we were ultimately trying to get there um, but if you had the UK is definitely like the black sheep of Europe right now. I mean, for multiple reasons, Brexit <laughs> kind of did not help. Um, so we, if you had been in the UK, then you had to quarantine going into Italy, but only if you were flying in. So if you drove in, you were fine. And so, like, <laughs> and so in the post, I said, like, we didn't plan more than a week out. And I mean that we, didn't book flights to Italy. We didn't know how we were going to do it. We just knew we were going to figure out a way to do it. So it's like, okay, well, we can take the train or we can take, or we can drive. So um, after we had done our week of, or five days of quarantine in the UK and three tests and $300 of tests later, we took the ferry to France, um, which was really easy because if you're fully vaccinated, you don't even need a test to get into France. Mm -hmm. You just need to show your vaccine proof. 
So, um, and then once we're in France, you're in the Schengen. So it was like kind of mixed messaging. Italy didn't really know what Italy was doing. And Italy, I don't think still knows what Italy is doing. <laughs> um, and so we, we didn't book a lot in advance because we just didn't know what was going to change. And then even from since we were there a few weeks ago to now or two weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, it's already changed again. So like you now need to have the vaccine, um, I think it's a digital card or something like that. So uh-huh. that's to get into like the cafes and restaurants and hotels. And, and so people ask me like, what's my advice for people traveling these days? If you have somewhere to go if you, or somewhere you want to go and they are managing COVID um, responsibly and welcoming visitors, I'm all for going and visiting and, and getting out and traveling and taking advantage of um, affordable hotel rates and whatnot. Um, but I wouldn't recommend going to more than one country. I wouldn't recommend going to Mexico for a week and then hopping over to Guatemala and hitting up Belize. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend going to Mexico, you know, or something like that. Um, Europe's a little bit different because the Schengen is kind of like one big country almost in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was interesting we were there because just like Canada and America, like domestic Canadian travel is the thing this summer in America. Domestic road trips are the thing. Over there, domestic EU travel is very much a thing. So we're always seeing license plates from a lot of the Netherlands, a lot of um, Germany, a lot of uh, Denmark, um, you know, all sorts of uh, European license plates. And so domestic EU's travel is the thing right there. And we went to a winery in Tuscany where the guy told us that um, traditionally 80% of their visitors were American and they had only seen two Americans this year and we were the first Canadians they saw. Everyone else had been domestic eu Hmm. so um yeah i mean you know it's not traveling in a european country right now for sure um is not really a ton different than traveling in canada like you know you have your masks you have your um you know your distancing and plexiglass and all that stuff um, I wouldn't say it's a ton different. Well, the the biggest takeaways I got from your uh, blog here was plan ahead, but not too far ahead. I never really thought of that because, you mm-hmm. know, things change, like you say, and uh, avoid the UK if you can, if you're going to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least for now, I guess. Um, yeah. And, you know, and then, and then we came back to Canada and then we actually, we were uh, thrown for a loop a bit because, so getting into Canada was fine. We did our testing. We took a direct flight from Rome to Toronto uh, and then from Toronto to Vancouver. Um, so we got tested in, in Toronto at Pearson and it was super smooth. The process we were, we were in and we were off our plane, um, picked our bags up, dropped them off again, tested through security again in less than an hour in time to make our connection. Like it was very quick. Uh, Johnny Bierman is a sustainable travel writer, photographer, and tourism marketer. His website, ecoescapetravel.com, and you can find uh, his tips traveling to Europe on his Facebook page. I do appreciate your time, Johnny. Thanks so much. No worries. Thank you.
Well, if you're looking for an adventurous luxury stay in the heart of the Rocky Mountains, how about seeing what the Heather Mountain Lodge and Cabins has to offer? It's located at Glacier National Park in BC, and here now to tell us more about it is Greg Porter. He's the president and co-owner of the Heather Mountain Lodge and Cabins. The website is heathermountainlodge.com. Hi, Greg. Hi, Randy. How you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Tell me the story behind the Heather Mountain Lodge. Well, Heather Mountain Lodge has uh, actually been in its location for uh, since 1996. It was built originally as an exclusive heliskiing lodge, but uh, we transformed it also into a summer destination uh, because of our location right beside Canada's Glacier National Park. And so uh, we've expanded into hiking programs and adventures in the summer to complement our winter heliskiing programs. So where is it located? I know it's between Golden and Revelstoke, but that's a long stretch of highway there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, we always love to joke we're somewhere close to nowhere because <laughs> there's actually no uh, references. And I remember originally like, people would always say, oh, well, you're you know, an hour and a half away from Lake Louise or these type of things that were the, the tourist destinations uh, are for. But uh, yeah, we are about 55 kilometers west of Golden and we are on the trans Canada Highway. But the, probably the easiest way to look at it is at the east gate of Glacier National Park, and uh, and that's a reference point uh, that you know helps people decide what kind of vacation that they're going to look for. It is remote and it's wilderness, but it is accessible from the highway. So it's this front country style lodge where you're getting the best of both worlds: those comforts of um, having a comfortable room and the amenities that you might uh, associate with a room. But we're definitely not a chain hotel. Uh, with that, it's very unique. It has a mountain view looking right at Glacier National Park and the, all the, the glacier cap um, mountains that are, are right in our backyard. And so it's a very unique property, probably one of a kind. If you were to travel the whole uh, Trans-Canada Highway from coast to coast, you would not find anything like it. So uh, real unique property. Is there good signage on the highway? Uh, if I'm looking for it, would I see it or, or would I really have to watch out for it on, off the highway? Well, that's it. We do have signage on the way as you travel west. It is a unique issue traveling east because it's all national park to our east. And so there isn't uh, great signage except for right before uh, you enter the parks on the east uh, coming traveling east. Uh, It's a good and bad problem to have. You know, having your national park as your neighbor is, you know, obviously a prime location, uh, but we're not signing. We're not uh, polluting the the parks with our signs. So, Mm. uh, but otherwise, you know, Google Maps and those type of things have made it uh, actually have changed our kind of um, uh, our kind of ability for our guests to find us. And so mm. it's you know, really easy to look us up on the, online like that and get that exact location. And uh, but yes, it is a stretch of highway that is known for you know uh, wilderness. I mean, even you go back to history, it was like the last stretch of uh, railway to ever be put in. You know, the the highways didn't even come through there until the 60s. There used to be a big road that went around the Big Bend. So it's got a lot of history of being sort of a, a formidable pass, the Rogers Pass there. And uh, we, we love to tie that into the experience. You know, it really is a quintessential Canadian experience uh, and a Western Canadian experience at that. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about those experiences in a second. I just, I'm just curious about how the summer has been for you. All we hear is uh, there's forest fires throughout BC. Uh, have you been affected much by that? You know, it always depends on the day. Yes, we have in the sense that uh, there's smoke traveling through in some days. Today, we're looking at a blue sky, beautiful day. Uh, Last week was stunning. We had a whole group um, of 24 guests that were going out and hiking uh, throughout the week, and they had a wonderful time. Uh, And so it's really kind of this 
looking at the weather and the forecasting. But, uh, I, you know, I always look at adventure and travel. You know, it's always as good as the day you're there. So, uh, you know, go and travel and, and be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you might be the one to experience those days that are special. You know, of course, it's great to look on the maps and, and you can look at you know, forecasts and stuff. But uh, I think in, in general, we've had a mix of uh, a smoke at times. But I don't think, uh, you know, fortunately, we haven't been inundated as some of the, the sort of Okanagan or Central uh, BC locations, um, we haven't had, had as immense smoke as uh, some of those locations. Tell me about the overall experience now. I'm looking on your website, heathermountainlodge.com. You have private cabins, you have mountain view mountain view rooms, easy for me to say. Uh, <laughs> so tell me about the experience of staying there. Yeah, yeah, we've made it like uh, really trying to, you know, capture those comforts, you know, really sort of deep sleeping gown duvet beds and comfort like that. Uh, you know, it, it would feel like a, uh, your own sort of suite in the sense of uh, what you might expect from that. But again, the, the location makes it unique and the surroundings of views, you uh, you know, the, the wildlife is there. You know, we'll have um, bears traveling through a property at times and, and you know, other piece, uh, wildlife just because we're out and away from, uh, you know, major uh, locations in the night. It's dark. You know, you can see the stars, those type of things that uh, gives it a real different uh, feeling. Um you know, we compare ourselves to locations in Golden and Revelstoke, and yes, you might have traveled through those. A lot of the locations there are very focused on, you know, traveling through and just having a place to stay. And I think if you're just looking for a bed, you know, maybe we're not the location for mm-hmm. you. But if you're looking for an experience, uh, we have the whole package because not only will you have that sort of mountainous wilderness experience, we really focus on the food and the dining and, and celebrating life after an adventurous day with a uh, great meal and so uh you know coming back our uh chef stefan he's been uh, focusing on local produce you know find, kind of building the whole experience into it and uh and and showing our guests uh entertaining our guests for the evening you know <laughs> and we joke in the winters often too there's not much else to do uh you know in the middle of the winter here so let's entertain and enjoy a, a wonderful meal and uh although no, not everyone's coming to expect uh, you know a, a high quality meal uh, when they they arrive. They are often you know pleasantly surprised because we put a lot of attention and focus on dining and that experience. And it just seems to fit you know at the end of the day to, mm-hmm. to sit down and you know sit at the table with other people that have experienced and gone out and had adventures or traveling around in the area, sharing experiences with uh, others and uh, making that sort of um, that connection with people and a lot tends to lend itself to slowing down a bit, enjoying the great things in life and uh, and uh, and talking about it and celebrating them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many rooms altogether and how many uh, cabins? Yeah, so we have 23 guest rooms and then two cabins. And uh, the, all the guest rooms, again, look out to the Glacier National Park view. And then the cabins are perched right up on the top of a hillside uh, that overlook and, and, again, look straight out into the, the Glacier National Park. And so um, often we do do weddings uh, in the, the, the summers as well. Uh, over the weekends, it's kind of a, uh, a buyout type of lodge. You know, uh, the part wedding parties like to buy the whole property out and have their weddings there and celebrate together. And often the cabins uh, serve as, you know, for the couples and uh, 
uh, that are getting married. So it's kind of got that unique style there. But uh, also, I would say they're some of the best views you'll ever find, you know, in the, in the whole uh, Rockies and, and Columbia Mountains there where, where they're perched and located and uh, the two cabins there. So the unique experience there. And then as well with our guest rooms are are, are just as comfortable and, uh, and beautiful views. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned uh, hiking in the summertime. Uh, how much of our how experienced of a hiker do i have to be um to enjoy or it doesn't matter there's something for everybody there is uh, something for everyone you know we do both guided and un- and promote unguided hiking programs glacier national park you know it's actually it is the quintessential hiking destination in the sense that Rogers Pass you can drive up to, so you're getting quite high in elevation just by driving up to there. So if you start thinking about you know those alpine meadows and those um, you know big peaks around you and those type of views and experience, they are much more accessible than anywhere else where you would have to start lower down in the valley and hike all the way up there. I know a lot of, you know, hikes in the Rockies start, you know, with a, you know, five to six kilometer hike through the trees Mm -hmm, and that sort of thing (laughs) where you, you can drive up to the access and you know, Glacier National Park has a mix of like just real unique small adventures like Bear Falls or the, the the Big Cedar Boardwalk and those type of things, which are literally anyone can uh, access, though they're, you know, widely accessible and easy to, to travel on. And yet, you know, that sort of real unique experience about being in big, you know, cedar trees or to uh, mountain waterfalls. And then you have all the way to, uh, you know, hiking up to the Illusiluit Glacier, which is a little bit more uh, length, but, uh, you know, obtainable and, and, and for many. And then actually uh, Glacier National Park also holds all the way up to Sir Donald, which is one of the top 50 classic climbs in uh, North America. We only have about a minute. Uh, you must be gearing up for winter soon as we're coming close to the end of the summer season. Yes, yeah, it's really exciting and, uh, you know, really busy looking for this one. In fact, you know, we're booked right up from January into to March. There are a few little spots here and there, but uh, we know that a lot of our our local Canadians love to come in December and experience, you know, over the Christmas holidays uh, and come visit us uh, and hella ski at that time of year. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing uh, much more of that local crowd coming out in uh, in December. And then we're rolling into a very busy season um, as we roll out into January, February, March. And then again, uh, April is again, seems to be the, the local Canadians, uh, 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 focus and interest to be able to sneak in there and uh, get some of those um, those great deals that come at the beginning and the end of the season as well. Well, it's good to hear that you're busy. Greg Porter is the president and co-owner of the Heather Mountain Lodge and Cabins. You can check out their websites and the uh, spectacular uh, images on there, heathermountainlodge.com. It was uh, great chatting with you, Greg. Thank you so much. Thank you, Randy. Well, Puerto Rico is open for business and activities are operating at full capacity now. So they're excited about welcoming visitors again. And to tell us more about planning a trip to Puerto Rico is Ziamara Rodriguez. She's the communications director for Discover Puerto Rico. Their website is discoverpuertorico.com. Hi, Ziamara. Hello, Randy. Thank you for having me. Or should I say hola? Como esta? 
Hola. <laughs> uh, so tell me what the last 18 months has been like for uh, Puerto Rico tourism. I probably know the answer to this, but maybe explain it for our listeners, just uh, what's been going on. It's been a difficult time, and as uh, you may know, we immediately uh, reacted towards uh, the pandemic and went into lockdown, took very strict measures to safeguard uh, the safety and health of our um, local folks and also the people visiting. So we went into lockdown for quite some time and have been slowly coming out of uh, that lockdown and some of those restrictions that we first uh, put in place have relaxed a little bit. So our industry definitely suffered tremendously, but little by little, uh, it's starting to to see great results and to see tourism come back into the island. Um, we are a very resilient uh, industry and very resilient people. So uh, we are we're definitely starting to put COVID behind us as we move forward in 2021. Mm-hmm. And things are opened uh, up, what, from what I understand, uh, pretty much. Uh, is that the case? Yes. At the moment, there is no capacity restrictions. Everything is open at 100% capacity. Um, what, do, what we do have in place is a um, face mask mandate. So mm-hmm. people, regardless of vaccination status, must wear a mask when they're in indoor spaces. But um, and of course, keeping social distancing six feet apart, continue encouraging people to wash their hands and um, all of those things. But there are no limitations at the moment. Mm, I think the best thing, because things change all the time, if people are planning a trip to Puerto Rico, is just go on your website because it has the uh, test requirements for entry. And and basically it's spelt out right there. We don't have to go into a ton of detail because there's different circumstances for everybody. Right. Yes, our travel advisory on our website, discoverpuertorico.com, has all the information, and that is updated in real time. So as anything changes locally with uh, safety measures or requirements, those are reflected on the travel advisor, so people can find all of the latest information there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so discoverpuertorico.com is the website, as you mentioned. It says right there, the heart and soul of the Caribbean. So tell me about the heart and soul, why why you're called that. Oh, my God. I mean, Puerto Rico is just the paradise. When you come here, there is so many things to do, so many beautiful things to enjoy. And our offerings range from natural beauty to gastronomy to art, gorgeous beaches. So take your pick. Anything you'd like, Puerto Rico can offer it. And because you're tied with the U.S. so closely, it is really relatively easy to get there uh, to San Juan. I would imagine that's probably the starting point if you wanted to visit Puerto Rico, right? Definitely it is. We have 110 flights uh, daily that come into the San Juan airport. Like, I've been to San Juan. It's a beautiful city because it's got lots of history. So touch a bit on the history and the culture and what people can expect when they uh, land in uh, San Juan and then start to discover Puerto Rico. It's wonderful that you're asking about that because this year um, the city of San Juan celebrates its 500th anniversary. And uh, it's an amazing celebration just filled with culture and just flavor and vibrant. So I I think it's a great opportunity for people to come. But the city of San Juan just really embodies uh, who we are. It has great architecture, 
colonial style buildings. It has great views of the ocean, amazing restaurants where you can enjoy the Puerto Rican cuisine. And of course, you can also have a great cocktail because as you know, Puerto Rico, it's rum capital. <laughs> you had me at rum. <laughs> <laughs> but and I would imagine like you would probably want people to venture out, not spend their whole time in Puerto Rico. Not that that's a bad, or in uh, San Juan, but you would like them to explore other parts of the island. How easy is that? to do? It is fairly easy. People can rent a vehicle and move around the island without any issues. um, Given that their cell phone plans work here without any problems, they can also use their GPS to move around. And there is a lot to enjoy on the island. Um, If we're speaking, for example, on natural beauty, we can talk about El Junque, which is uh, the only tropical rainforest in the U.S. National Forest System that has amazing peaks that you can do wonderful hikes in. There's waterfalls. It's just gorgeous. And that's on the east side of the island. But you can also move into the southern part of the island. In the southwest area, you have uh, the Bio Bay, which we have three out of the five in the world. And you can um, kayak on that bay at night or in the southern part, which is uh, Lajas. You can also take a swim on the bay with uh, the microorganisms are shining uh, neon blue on your skin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's kind of cool. Top places to see in Puerto Rico. Give me some sites that I must go and see when uh, I'm touring around. Of course. When coming to San Juan, you have to see um, El Morro, which is one of the forts that uh, you can see on the old city. As I mentioned, El Junque on the east side of the island is a must. You can also go to the southern part of the island where we have um, the world's largest dry forest in Guanica. You can go to our one of the smaller islands that are part of Puerto Rico too, which is Vieques. We have um, one of the brightest bio bays there, but also we have Black Sand Beach that has gorgeous black sand on its shores. And of course, you have to visit one of the rum distilleries. We've got Bacardi, which, as you know, it's the world's largest premium rum distillery. My favorite, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Really? And then, of course, Rum del Barrilito, which is Puerto Rico's oldest rum. Tell me a little bit about uh, some of the foods that I got to try there. Oh, my God. Our cuisine is so rich. So everyone knows about mofongo, which, as you know, is twice fried plantains smashed together with some garlic and olive oil. And uh, it's just one of our staple dishes in the Puerto Rican cuisine. Um, you can try mampostiao, which is white rice blended together with red beans and cooked together. It's kind of creamy and savory and very yummy. Uh, and of course, I cannot tell you to try Puerto Rican cuisine without telling you to try fritters. Uh, we have alcapurrias and bacalaitos and all this fried, golden, crispy fritters that are part of what Puerto Ricans always enjoy. Uh, how big is uh, Puerto Rico for, uh, in, in area size? So you offer everything. you got mountains, you got beaches. So how, how long would it take to kind of explore? Is it kind of day trips that I could do from uh, San Juan or, or explain a little further? That's a great question. The island is about 100 miles wide by 35 miles tall. And um, within a day, if you don't make a lot of stops, you can go around the entire island. 
But definitely we recommend um, planning a couple of days so you can do a couple of stops. And I suggest to go to our website, discoverpuertorica.com. We've got a ton of uh, different itineraries, depending on what you're interested in exploring, that will guide you on the different areas of the island that you can go to. And there are different uh, variations to those that could be from, you know, 48 hours in San Juan to five days to seven days. So you can find all of that on our website, discoverpuertorica.com. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you have a lot of options, places to stay uh, as well, right? Definitely. There is um, 163 hotels on the island with uh, close to 15,000 hotel rooms. But also we've got over 10,000 uh, independent rentals, which include Airbnb, VRBO, and several local other companies that do independent rentals. So you have a ton of those. You also have um, what are called here paradores, which are small inns, uh, mostly operated and owned by local families that offer a very authentic opportunity uh, to learn about the Puerto Rican culture as well. So there's a lot of options when it comes to lodging. Yeah. Anything I've missed you want to add? I think what we're saying here is that Puerto Rico is the perfect vacation if you want to... (laughs) Have an amazing time. It's good for everyone, including the kiddos and the families, the couples, all of that. Um, Puerto Rico is waiting for you with open arms. Spoken like a true sp- a spokesperson. <laughs> Xiomara Rodriguez <laughs> is communication director with Discover Puerto Rico. Their website, discoverpuertorico.com. It was uh, fun chatting with you, Xiomara. Likewise. Thank you so much for having us. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website at theinformedtraveler.ca. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.